Psalm chapter 6 reads like this. O Lord, don't rebuke me in your anger or discipline me in your rage. Have compassion on me, Lord, for I am weak. Heal me, Lord, for my bones are in agony. I am sick at heart. How long, O Lord, until you restore me? Return, O Lord, and rescue me. Save me because of your unfailing love. For the dead do not remember you. Who can praise you from the grave? I am worn out from sobbing. All night I flood my bed with weeping, drenching it with my tears. My vision is blurred by grief. My eyes are worn out because of all my enemies. Go away, all you who do evil. For the Lord has heard my weeping. The Lord has heard my plea. The Lord will answer my prayer. May all my enemies be disgraced and terrified. May they suddenly turn back in shame. Have you ever felt like that? Frustrated at the end of your rope? Has COVID-19 made you angry? Has COVID-19 made you afraid? Has COVID-19 caused you to question everything you know about who God is? All those questions, those feelings, those thoughts, they are all related to our mental well-being, our mental health. And this morning, what we are going to do is we're going to have a conversation about what it means to grow healthy in our minds. Whether you have a story like Emily's or your story is your own and unique to you. What does it mean to grow healthy in our minds? Now, I'm not a mental health expert, but I know somebody who is. And so this morning, what I'm going to do is invite Julia Wado to join me here on stage. And we're going to have a conversation about mental health from a biblical perspective. Would you join me in welcoming Julia as she comes this morning? All right. First task done. All right. Thanks. Julia, thanks so much for being here. Really appreciate it. Now, Good morning. when we first met, you said that you were a psychotherapist. And I went, hmm, that's really interesting. Psychotherapist sounds like an intimidating term. So what does that mean? What's a psychotherapist? Yeah, so the term is newer for us in Ontario and Canada, but really it breaks down to psychological therapists, so psychology referring to our thoughts and mind, um, our thoughts and feelings, so therapy for our mind. Makes yeah. sense. Straightforward, yeah. easy, much easier than picking up a mic out of a mic stand. Yes. Yeah. Yes, indeed. It's really great. <laughs> it's okay. I had trouble with that too. Don't worry. Um, mental health. It's a yeah. big, convoluted topic. There's lots to it. Our thoughts, our feelings, emotions. Could you boil that down for us? Could you give us like, just like a, an illustration or a framework to help us understand that a little bit more? Yeah. Um, so we could say that mental health is like music. And so we live in community, so that's like being part of an orchestra. Um, so the key features of an orchestra, we have a conductor, we have a music instructor, we have music, we have our fellow musicians, we have an instrument, and we have an ability to tune and play our instrument. So from a mental health standpoint, our conductor gives us purpose and meaning for our music, and as Christians, we call that person God. If we've asked him into our life, we have a music instructor, we have Jesus beside us who can help us tune our instrument help us tweak our thoughts and feelings so they're directed toward truth. We have our fellow musicians, so um, our believers, our close people who we can share our music with, who can also help us tweak or regulate our thoughts and feelings. 
um, and we have an instrument that God has given uniquely to us that um, has its own unique features, has um, been influenced by the experiences and environments it's been in from the womb right up until today. We have our ability to tune and play our instruments, directing and shaping our thoughts and feelings, and I call that the mind. So all those components working together contribute to our mental health. Yeah, that's fascinating. I, I was thinking about this example. Uh, my wife and I we went on a date a number of years ago to the Calgary Philharmonic Orchestra. Hmm. And I was like, oh, this is great. I'm scoring big points. This is fantastic. <laughs> we get there, and it was a hot mess on stage. Like, oh. everybody was doing their own thing and tuning. And I'm like, I spent money on this thing? What's going on? And then that conductor walked on the stage and instantly mm. everybody was like in tune and in sync with each other. Mm. And, and that's just a great picture. Think of that illustration about the complexity, but yet the simplicity around our mental health and our mental well-being, yeah. growing healthy in our minds, as yeah. it were. Yeah. I'm wondering, we're in this season, COVID-19, it's done a lot to us. Mm-hmm. Practically, personally, emotionally, even spiritually, mm -hmm. what would you suggest to us? How could we take advantage of this situation that's been kind of forced on us? Mm -hmm. what, do, what do we do when we're in that space? Yeah. Um, so just before I talk about some practices of how we can work on our mental health, um, it's interesting you mentioned, you know, um, your experience was... Um, you notice some chaos. Well, that's actually an indicator that we may be struggling with our mental health. If we're feeling a bit chaotic in our thoughts and feelings, like they're overwhelming us, that we don't have a sense of um, shaping them. Um, another indicator of um, that we're struggling with our mental health is if we're stuck or rigid in certain ways of thinking and doing and feeling. Um, so the opposite of that would be when, oh, and the conductor came on board and, um, you know, the musicians were able to be flexible and adaptive in their music, you know. So when you have a day that surprises you and uh, you're, you're ready with your mental health to be flexible and adaptive to the things that, uh, the experiences that come um, in front of you. So some practices um, that can contribute to some what we would call good mental health. Um, I'm going to liken them to a day in the life of a musician just to carry on this um, theme. So as musicians, I'm not one, but I know we have tons here <laughs> in our congregation. Um, at the beginning of your day, before you do anything, you would check in with your conductor. Before you play any piece of music, you are still before the one who gives you purpose and meaning. Be still and know that I am God, from Psalm 46.10. That posture, that framework of focusing in allows us to put aside our ego or the things that might trip us up during our day and focus on what is important so that throughout the course of my day, of my life, hopefully I'm moving toward doing what is mine to do 
and not the things that are not mine to do. So that's a first practice. We can also um, think about musicians as taking care of their instruments. So how do we do that? How do we take care of ourselves? There's three big players um, for our brain and mind um, that we talk about. Our nutrition, our sleeping habits, and our moving habits, moving our body. Those are some, if we want to have some big benefit, we can focus in on those things that are going to allow us to have an elevated mood or just a sense of, hey, I'm having a good day, like things seem great. Um, also, sleep, of course, is helpful for decluttering our mind and being able to show up at work and have our things in order rather than showing up at work and having our things not in order, <laughs> a messy desk. Um, and movement gives oxygen and blood flow to the brain, of course, and allows us to get rid of some stress, be able to process emotions actually a little quicker, um, and just allows, again, a general sense of well-being. The other ways we care for our instrument would be to protect it in its case, so set up boundaries to prevent it from being harmed, and it also includes you know, kind of examining, has there been injury to my instrument? And maybe asking God for some direction or um, some trusted people in our lives, maybe professionals, how to go about um, doing some mending to those injuries. So a day in the life of a musician. So we're still with God, our conductor, waiting on him. We're taking care of our instrument. Um, other things we probably do as a musician, practice. I imagine you practice a lot, right? So you're gonna memorize some scripture so that it becomes muscle memory. So you don't have to work really hard at getting that thought and truth. And so it's kind of a backdrop in your brain throughout your day so that you can pinpoint truth. So a scripture that um, is a, has been important to me and actually in beginning um, my practice has been from 2 Timothy um, chapter 1, verse 7. I have not been given a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. But of power and of love and a sound mind. And I may repeat that and repeat that until it feels like it's in my bones, it's muscle memory, it's there for me when I need it. So a day in the life of a musician, I'm still before God, I'm taking care of my instrument, I'm practicing, I'm also having, spending time with my music instructor, he's there for me. Am I getting some coaching? So that coaching, um, you know, and Emily Abrams, thank you for, sharing your story with us. Um, you know, she was allowing herself to be coached in the moment. And we have that access. And here's a simple thing we can do when we feel like emotions are getting a little, a little much, a little overwhelmed. We could do um, something we call a breath prayer. 
We can breathe in for about three or four counts. I know it's hard with your mask on. And exhale for about six or eight. So when we double our exhale, we're actually allowing our brain to become um, more fully powered, able to make better problem solving um, and, and decision making ability comes on board. And in that breath work, we can add a phrase. Uh, the phrase for me this morning was, I am with you. So that's playing in my mind right now, which is really nice. Um, some other phrases, just Yahweh. Um, and if you need to, a commandment, Jesus, come with me. Something like that to our breath, our breath prayer. Dealing with those times when we might have an urge to do a thing that we're trying really hard not to do. Right, so what's happening right now? We're at home in front of our computers and we don't want to say a thing, so we take a breath and we pray. Or we don't want to spend all of our paycheck on online shopping, so we do some breath work. Okay, day in the life of a musician. I've connected and, been, and I've been still with God and I've what did I do? I practiced. I took care of my instrument. I spent time with my instructor. Musicians get breaks. Our mind needs a break. We need to unplug some time, put the device away, get out in God's creation. God's creation of nature gives our mind a break. It's a lovely break. If we've been intense in our work, we need to balance that with playfulness, with laughter, with friends, with joy. And then we haven't connected to our musicians yet. So of course, a day in the life of musicians, we're gonna play with our people. Our mind craves safe relationships. Places where we can share our music, we share our vulnerability, And then other people show us that our story and our lives matter. And then we offer that same thing to them. And we're noticing in this COVID season where the effects have kind of chopped up these practices of mental health and significantly this one. Because a sign that we're struggling in our mental health is if we feel like we're playing solo we don't have that connection when we're feeling isolated. We don't have people to share our stories with. Yeah, so all those things working together um, can contribute to our mental well-being. Um, and as you can see, if those things ne are not necessarily there, um, it may contribute to um, some mental health decline or struggle. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. It, it reminds me of loving God, loving others as we love ourselves. Mm -hmm. Really simple framework and simple to understand. I really appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Let's dig a little bit further. Okay. Now, we can't get into this conversation entirely and exhaust it all because there's so much to it. Mm -hmm. But talk to me about priorities. Mm -hmm. What could we do? We have time. That's the one thing that we seem to have in abundance right now. 
whether we like it or not. It's a little bit of time. So what could we do with that time? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, I love how you said um, loving God, loving others, loving self, because really we can simplify that whole analogy to those three things. And isn't it amazing that God gave us the ability to work on multiple aspects of our health at the same time? You know, I'm sitting still before God and practicing focused attention for my mental health and my spiritual health. And then I go out in the world and I, anyway, I'm getting on a rant. (laughs) Priorities, loving God, loving others, loving ourselves. And that means protecting those things, setting boundaries around them, letting go of certain things that get in the way or threaten them. Um, And if that feels overwhelming to introduce several practices, start very small because in mental health, one little shift is like a positive domino game, right? So, oh, if I can just use this season to have more sleep. Oh, I've decluttered my mind. Oh, it has some more bandwidth and space to do the other important things. And then when I get that domino game in my favor, then I habitualize them. I put them into the rhythms of my life so that I don't have to use my mental energy to focus and work so hard at them. They're just part of my pattern of living so that when stressors come my way, I have more resilience to deal with them. So starting small, focusing on those priorities, letting go of expectations that threaten those priorities. Our unrealistic expectations, don't worry, we all have them, um, could fall into the following three camps. They usually fall into these three things. a need to control or have our preferences met all the time, um, a need for affection or affirmation in all the things that, that I do, or um, a need for security and managing every risk all the time. And that one particularly is hitting hard right now, isn't it? So those expectations can distract us from our priorities of loving God, and loving others, and loving ourselves. And so, and I guess just pan back, what does that look like? Well, if I'm loving God with my whole self, I'm connected to my whole self. What am I feeling in this moment? What's that about? Let's connect to God about that. Am I loving others? Am I noticing what they might need? Whether they're saying it, whether they're behaving in a certain way, Can I use the Holy Spirit's direction to grasp what they need and help them as I can and as is appropriate, loving our neighbors? And in myself, am I loving my instrument? Am I in tune with what my needs might be? And then am I able to articulate or communicate in some way how I could get some help from other people? So those are some things that maybe we can think about in this season. That's really great. Thank you so much. Now, as I said earlier, this is a big conversation. Lots of different tangents that we could all go on. Yeah. Um, 
you could psychoanalyze me for the next six months and still not know what I'm all about because there's a lot wrong with me. So I've been told. Um, but what are some parting words of wisdom that you might have? Yeah. Like maybe a couple of chunks of scripture that are really helpful yeah. that we could kind of just take with us and let it marinate in the slow cooker a little bit, so mm. to speak. Yeah. I do have two scriptures. Um, from Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 8, 6 to 8. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, and with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Pretty clear direction. And what results when we think about those things? We naturally move to joy. Do we naturally want to move to joy more often? I would say yes. I, I mean, there's thousands of books on the topic. Happiness, happiness, right? And this last one is Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies, which includes our minds, as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. So all the practices that we mentioned is a form of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. So what patterns do you have in your life? but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And the practices I mentioned could be us actively participating in God's renewal. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And that last part became real for me um, in the fall when I was part of the Freedom in Christ group. And I had never really noticed it before. It was just kind of the tagline afterwards. But I just want to read it again so you can understand. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Just like, wow, that's some pretty amazing payoff for working on my mental health. That's awesome. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed hearing from you, learning from you this morning. I really appreciate that. And I'm sure many of us would, would echo that and say the same thing. In fact, I'm sure that there's questions that are bubbling up in our hearts, in our minds, and go, yeah, that sounds good, but what about this? And so what I want to invite you to do is actually continue the conversation with myself and with Julia. We're going to play a little bit over these next couple of weeks. What, you, what you can do right now if you're watching online is if you've got questions, post them right now in the comments section and our chat moderator is going to take note of that and send them our way. We're going to interact with those later on this week and throughout the next little bit. And if you're here live and you're like, shoot, I should get on the chat, 
just send us an email. Send me an email, jason at centennialroad.com, with what your specific questions are. We will keep it anonymous if you choose so, and we'll interact with that. Push it out via social media, a blog, an email, you name it, because this conversation matters. The way we honor God with our minds matters. So thank you so much. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks so much for having me. Awesome. Let me pray. Father, we are so grateful for the gift that you've given us that is our minds. I ask, Lord, for those of us who are tuning into this conversation and we're just burned out, we're frustrated, we're overwhelmed, we're anxious, we're we're afraid, we don't know what to do next, God, would you meet us right in the middle of that? Just like we heard from Emily's story, the chaos was there in her life. She invited you in and you met her there. So I I just ask and pray that we would have the courage, each of us, whether we know you or have yet to get to know you, would have the courage to ask you, to invite you in to our unfolding story, whatever it might be, a chapter that's filled with light or a chapter that feels like it's filled with darkness, would we invite you into that space? Would you speak hope and life and allow us to understand, as Romans 12 12 says, what your good, pleasing, and perfect will is? Father, I ask that you bless us and protect us. You be gracious to us, that you make your face shine upon us, that you grant us your favor and grant us and give us your peace. And I pray this in your name. Amen.